Well, good morning again. It's a little bittersweet for me. We're at the end of our series about life apps. And um, so uh, I've enjoyed this series. Hopefully you have. It's been beneficial to me and hopefully to you. And today's topic is the encouragement app. And this series has been about the fact that good intentions or just having good information or even feelings don't signify progress whether it's in diet, exercise, any other area of life, certainly not in spiritual lives. And sometimes we just feel like we're making progress because we come to church and, and get moved by the music or listen to something inspirational and think, oh, I'm making really connecting with God, making progress. Potentially you do, but until you apply it, uh, you're not making progress. And then we're going to look at the verse we started with at the end. In fact, it's worse than that. You deceive yourselves, and we don't want you to be deceived. So, Today's uh, encouragement app. Base of this series has been application makes all the difference. If you do it or you don't do it, application makes all the difference. And so we need to do whatever it is we feel we need to do in our relationship. We're going to talk about relationships today, in a relationship with God, in a relationship with other people, whatever it might be. Now I want to talk to you about conversations. We all have conversations. Life's about conversations, about relationships. We talk to this person, talk to that person. Uh, you know, people we're closer to, we talk to more. And sometimes we have good conversations. Sometimes we have great conversations. Sometimes we have not so good conversations, right? Now when I teach, I think of this as a conversation. I'm kind of talking to all of you. Sometimes I ask questions, get feedback, and so forth. How many of you here last week? I put my foot in my mouth last week. Remember that? I was talking about Tammy getting married too, and I didn't say Wesley. I said Charlie. That's her. That's his dad. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm not the only one who's ever put his foot in his mouth. I don't think in a conversation, right? And I was hoping we could kind of delete that or, or whatever. Um, so today we're going to look at uh, at uh, encouragement. We're going to look at relationships, especially conversations, and we're going to look at uh, something. Start off with something. Some experts have discovered, and they've discovered there are ratios in our conversations. Ratios of, uh, of good things, to neg- or positive things and negative things. Ratio of encouragement to, to criticism or discouragement, to building up or to tearing down. Now, experts tell us this is in all relationships, you know, parent-child relationship, uh, friend to friend, whatever it might be. In all relationships, the average ratio is six to one. And it's six to one negative things to every one positive thing. Six, six things that are discouraging through one thing that is encouraging. And that explains a lot. It explains a lot about maybe your workplace. It may explain a lot about your marriage. It may explain a lot about the family you grew up in. It may explain a lot about your relationship with your teens, if you have teens. Uh, explains a lot. So this is a real issue. And this is something important. And we're going to see this is something God addresses. And we need to take seriously. In fact, we're spending a whole, a whole day talking about it, right? Now, here's the problem with encouragement. Everybody agrees encouragement's a good thing, right? And it's a good thing to be positive instead of negative. But the problem with encouragement is it's not urgent. It's kind of like, oh, it's a good thing to do if I have time or if it, if it happens, but it's not urgent. I don't have to have it. I don't need it. 
Well, in reality, actually, we do. But we think about it as not being critical, not being essential when it is. And so consequently, uh, we don't drift into it. We drift away from it. And we drift into discouragement. Because the only way you can drift is downhill. We talk about that, right? And so <laughs> we have to swim upstream. We have to fight for this if we f- figure out it's important enough uh, in our relationships. So I don't know how you figure this out, but just think about your, rela- your conversations for the last week, for example, with your spouse, with your kids, people at work, whatever. What do you think your ratio was? Was it more positive than negative? Again, the average is six to one on the negative side. And if, you, if you're better than that, that means some of us are worse than that, right? Now I want to break conversations down into three groups. I think this might help us. There are there, uh, in, inner, inner circle. This means, of course, your spouse, your kids, uh, your best friend, it might be your small group. This is people you do life with. This is people you will spill your guts to, all right? And that's probably a pretty small circle. You know, there might be 10 people in that group. Yeah. This is your inner circle. They're also the one you have the most conversations with, the most meaningful conversations with. <clears throat> then there's the next circle, a bigger circle, we call the circle of influence. These are people you know, people you probably know by name. You might be friends with them on Facebook. Uh, you might have them, their phone number in your phone. Might be people here at church you talk to every Sunday. Uh, if you're on a ball team or, or uh, some other club, uh, these are people you rub shoulders with on a regular basis. Could be people at work. Uh, regular contact. This is a bigger circle that you have conversations with. <clears throat> and then there's the life circle. This is just people that you come in contact with. It might be just one time. Uh, I was at the Gates' son's wedding yesterday. I didn't perform the ceremony. Uh, the bride's pastor did. And so afterwards, I had this little, little conversation with him. I don't remember his name. I'm sorry. I don't remember his name, but we had this little conversation. He has a church down the street here. He's been there longer than I've been here, and it's been a long time. And uh, we never met each other before. We probably never see each other again. So we had this, they're in the, he's in the life circle. It could be a waiter at a restaurant or somebody works on your house or whatever it might be. The problem with all these conversations is, though, we take them for granted. In fact, the more close they are to the inner circle, we take them for granted, right? We think, well, I don't need to encourage my spouse. I don't need to encourage my kids. They know I love them. They know I care about them, whatever it might be. But what if, it's a big what if, what if we looked at all these relationships in these circles and looked at them as an opportunity to encourage somebody? See, conversations are opportunities to encourage somebody. You ever play God, pray, God bless so-and-so? You fill in the name. And I think God often, answer to that question or that prayer is, that's why I put you here. <laughs> I want you to bless that person, whether it is to encourage them, however that might be, spending time with them, a conversation, might be financially, whatever it might be. So when you pray that prayer, be careful that, or be, pay attention that God may be saying, you're the answer to that prayer. Now, as we want to see, I think it's true of all these apps, when we apply them, it's a win-win situation. First week, we talked about forgiveness. When I forgive somebody, it's a win-win for the person I forgive and for me. When I don't, what is it? It's a lose-lose situation. And we're going to see that the same uh, in this app we're going to look at this morning. 
Now we're going to look at something Solomon wrote. Solomon was the third king of Israel, probably the king during the, the pinnacle of the nation of Israel because it actually divided after, uh, after he died. He wrote some of the Bible. Uh, he wrote a book called Proverbs. and got all these nuggets of wisdom. He was considered the wisest man in his day. And so we're just going to look at two verses because they're kind of like nuggets. They jump around from subject to subject. So we're just going to look at two verses that address this topic. And this is in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. So he says, he's kind of setting this up. He says, give freely and become more wealthy. Now that kind of seems counterintuitive, right? If I'm giving stuff away, how am I going to get more wealthy? But he says the opposite side or the flip side is be stingy and lose everything. So if you, the harder you're trying to hold on to something, the more, more likely it is to, to lose it. And then he gets to our topic. He says, the generous <clears throat> will prosper. Generosity is a good thing. Now, we're kind of thinking in terms of concrete things, right? Kind of like money and, and physical things. But that doesn't just include those. It includes this topic we're talking about, being generous with, in this case, your words. Those who refresh others or encourage others will themselves be refreshed. It's kind of like you, you get what you give. We have this expression, if you want to have friends, be a friend. It's true of a lot of spiritual principles which you want to receive. In fact, we have the golden rule, do unto others as you want them to do to you, right? So if you want somebody to be encouraging to you, You'll be encouraging to them. In the process of encouraging them, you will be encouraged. Again, win-win, right? Now, here's why this is so important. We all deal with self-doubt and insecurity. We all do. It's part of human nature, right? And uh, I love, I don't remember the person that wrote this, but it's kind of a world traveler person. And they asked the question, do you know what the international sign is for somebody needs encouragement? And I'm thinking, okay, what is it? What is it? What is it? If they're breathing, if they're breathing, everybody needs encouragement. You don't have to try and decide if this person needs it or that person needs it. So well, that's pretty easy, right? So I'm going to try and prove this to you this morning. So I'm going to, ladies, I'm going to tell you about us guys a little bit, all right? No matter how we may look or come across, these are our self-doubts and insecurities. Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes to be a good husband? Do I have what it takes to be a good dad? Do I have what it takes to be a good granddad in my case? Do I have what it takes to be a good employee or be successful at work and et cetera, et cetera? Uh, if you're Jesus follower, if you're not, we're just delighted that you're here. This principle will work for you. But if you're Jesus follower, do I have what it takes to be a Jesus follower, a good Jesus follower? So these are the questions and doubts we have and questions we ask about ourselves. And to be honest, the world kind of beats us up. Uh, our jobs and our other places we doesn't do a good job of helping us with these questions. They almost reinforce these questions. And so this is, if you've got a husband or if you've got a, a, a son, it's critical, ladies, that you pour into them encouragement and tell them, yeah, you do have what it takes. You are good enough. I respect you. They're not going to be perfect. That's not what we're talking about. But the encouragement is so critical to us men. Now let's flip, flip it over. Men, 
If you've got ladies in your life, or if you want to have a lady in your life, it's important that you understand the questions, the self-doubts uh, that they have. It's things like this. Does he notice me? Does he think I'm pretty? Am I special? Now, I've been married for 40 years. And it's easy to take this for granted and say, well, I married you 40 years ago. If something changes, I'll let you know <laughs> if I think you're not pretty anymore or not special. Guys, don't do that. <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't work very well. <clears throat> and ladies do this thing, most ladies do this thing, where they'll get their hair done or buy an outfit, and they don't tell you. They're, I don't call it a cruel game, but it kind of is like a game, right? And they're waiting for you to what? To notice. And I don't know what depends on the person. I don't know what the waiting period is. But if you don't notice, you fail the test. And eventually you find out about it. You know, I, I, I just spent all this time getting my hair done. You didn't notice. All right. So the, we all, we all, men, women, we have these, these doubts. Um, and so we need encouragement. It's vital. It's almost as vital as, as air and, and food and water. Now, those dads that have daughters, I think is especially critical for you. Because what does our world teach our daughters about what they're supposed to look like and what they're supposed to, who they're supposed to be? Nobody can live up to that, right? And so your daughters have these questions. And you dads, you need to tell them that they're pretty and they're special. But if you don't tell them, they're going to go looking for it somewhere else. Now, there's one place we get this, we get this right. It's kind of strange. But that's at funerals, right? What do you hear at funerals? All the encouragement about all the good things about this person. You know, people don't get up and say, oh, he was a dirty louse. <laughs> you don't hear that at funerals. You know, good stuff. I love this. I don't know who said this, but they said, instead of giving... Flowers at funerals give roses of encouragement while they're still alive. Isn't that a neat thought, neat, neat phrase? Roses of encouragement while they're still alive. Again, we don't drift into this. We just take our relationship for granted. So we have to work at this. We've got to decide this is something important. It's especially important in a workplace. If you're in a workplace and it's kind of uh, negative or toxic or dysfunctional, it's really strange because encouragement doesn't cost anything, does it? Yet the benefits are huge. Of course, this is my job, right? <clears throat> and so I love to get feedback. Of course, I love positive feedback more than negative feedback, like, like the rest of you. And sometimes I get comments on, on a card or I get, a, get an email. Um, and we have this expression, fishing for compliments. And that's not what I'm doing, but that's kind of, kind of a negative statement in itself, isn't it? But I had this cool experience last Sunday. <clears throat> we had a new family that came, and they had a, a, a girl went back in the children's ministry, I don't know, seven or eight years old. And they had a 10, let's say a 10-year-old boy sat in the service. Well, I don't have too many 10-year-old boys that sit out here when I'm talking, right? So afterwards at the door, I always ask, especially if they have kids in the children's ministry, you know, how did they like it? And almost 99% of the time, they love it, they have a great time. Uh, the folks back there do put a lot of work into that. So then they turn to the boy, and he just, he's not going to talk to a preacher type, is he? He's just standing there looking at me. So I, I can't remember if it's a mom or the dad. One of them said, 
he turned to me or to whoever, mom or dad, in the middle of your talk and said, I like this guy. <laughs> you know what? I've thought about that all week. In fact, I'm telling you about this a week later, right? That a 10-year-old was listening to me and liked what I was saying? What encouragement is that? Now, I appreciate you all. You're just showing up as encouragement, right? Uh, but we all need encouragement, especially in our workplaces. So this is not a little thing. This is not something that's not critical. This is critical. This is huge. So in your relationships, in the workplace, or even in your home, which of these questions do you ask more often? How are you doing? Or what are you doing? To your spouse? Or what are you not doing? <laughs> to your kids, your spouse? If you're over people, either in a workplace or in a volunteer place. And most of us, especially people like me, I'm task-oriented, we have a second question. What are you doing? What are you not doing? What do you need to be doing? Because I'm you know, thinking about task. But what's the more important question? How are you doing? Right? I think tasks are important, but a person that, if you're, you're interested in the person is going to do a better job at the task, right? So, we deal, all of us, with self-doubt and insecurities. And I talked about... Uh, Rest a couple weeks ago, actually Mother's Day. And someone heard someone, one a woman saying to her husband, my member said, one of the most spiritual things you can do is go home and take a nap. And she heard this wife say to her husband, you're the most spiritual person I know. <laughs> now, let's not be too negative. It could have been that they've got this good balance in their life, not that they're napping all the time, right? Now, I, most of you know my wife. I have the benefit of living with somebody that's an encourager. That's a refresher, and you have the same experience if you interact with her. Now, my job is kind of lonely. It's kind of tough to do, and it's easy for me to get down. And, of course, she's the first person that knows that. And she does a great job of encouraging me. If I say, well, I bombed that sermon, she says, no, no, you did this, and it was good. She could be lying to me. I don't know. But she, she's encouraging me, right? And when I get that from my spouse, and most of you married people can relate to this, I can charge hell with a water pistol after that. Nothing can stop me. Someone has compared it to uh, Popeye and spinach. You just are energized. You can't be stopped when you've been encouraged. So those of you who are parents with kids, um, this is huge. Because it's so easy to get negative with your kids. One of the best parenting advice I ever got was whenever you can say yes to your kids. Because we just get in the habit of saying no, right? No this, no this, no this. And so sometimes when it's something that really doesn't matter, we still tell them no. So can, you, can I stay up a, a little later tonight than usual? Naturally, we're going to say what normally? No, you need to go to bed. You got to go for school. I guess school's over now. But anyway, um, whenever you can say yes it's a basic principle of encouragement, right? And kids or teens with your parents. I know, especially as a teenager, your parents are idiots, right? Uh, they don't know anything. Uh, and so you get in this negative dialogue with your parents. Don't do that. 
Your parents love you. They're doing the best job they can. They may be clueless, all right? Doesn't matter. The best way to fix that is to be encouraging. Parents to kids, kids to par uh, parents, and obviously uh, spouses. So, bottom line is this. Encouragement isn't a small thing. It's not a little deal. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Let me give you three specific groups that, we need, that all of us, I think, need to focus on. First, I think this is the hardest job in the world, being a single parent. Single parents. I think parenting is the hardest job in the world. Can you imagine? I didn't have to. Can you imagine? And some of you have. I've done it. Parenting as a single. Having to do it all. Can't imagine. So if you know some single parents, pour into them. Encourage them. Widows and widowers. Can you imagine being married 30, 40, 50, 60 years and have this person encouraging you and you get encouraging them, refreshing each other, and then they're gone? You know, it might happen to me one day. So, if you know some of those folks, encourage them. And then singles themselves, right? I always have my spouse there. Singles don't. I mean, they, may, they have friends and, and so forth, and they might have parents and so forth, but it's not the same. So if you know a single, um, it's hard to know if they're struggling, but, but be, a, be an encourager. Now the pushback is sometimes I get is this. What about me? And that's a good question. What about me? I need encouragement. We all need encouragement. Well, it's kind of like this. If you get hungry, what do you do? Go find some food to eat. You don't sit and say, oh, I'm just hungry. I wish somebody would give me some food to eat. Same thing with, with encouragement. And this, this proverb teaches it. You want to get encouragement? Be an encourager. Now, this next statement on your outline uh, kind of feeds in what, what the problem is. <clears throat> Many people don't feel good enough about themselves to let you feel good enough about yourself. And so we get into kind of this vicious downward cycle. <clears throat> and so it's important for you and I to understand this and to realize this. Because we get stuck. We get stalemated, right? I'm waiting for them and they're waiting for me. And so you and I have to be the ones that take the first step. All right? We're supposed to be Jesus followers. What would Jesus do? Take the first step. He would be the encourager. And even if the other person doesn't encourage you back, the fact that you can encourage somebody else is encouraging to you. So be proactive. Again, these are apps. Actually do it. And you and the other person will benefit. So rephrasing the verse this way, refresh others and you will be refreshed. Refresh others and you will be refreshed. Now I need to explain something here and we'll be done here in a few minutes. This is a principle, not a promise. And a lot of times I think we lump all these principles in the Bible into promises and they're not. Let me try and distinguish for example, uh, bring up your child in the way you should go and when he was old enough not to part from it. And some of you may have raised kids that now have nothing to do with God. And you say, well, that was a promise in the Bible. No, it's not a promise. It's a principle. God cannot guarantee that because it involves another person and the other person has free will, right? So anytime you read a principle in the Bible, like this one, refresh others, you'll be refreshed, it 
isn't guaranteed. It's not a promise. A promise is something that comes from God because God can guarantee it, right? I'll never leave you or forsake you. Who's going to stop God from doing that? Nobody can. That is a promise. All right, so here's your homework. Change your ratios. Be deliberate about it. Think about it. Keep track of it if you have to. Change your ratio, especially in, those, in that inner circle where we just kind of take each other for granted. Your spouse, your kids, your parents. Go out of your way to flip the ratio. I'm going to do six positive things to one negative thing. Now, we started something a few months ago in our leadership team. We got encouragement partners. And I've, I've encouraged everyone to contact their encouragement partner once a week, at least once a week, and encourage one another. And I have one, and it's been great. Sometimes we meet together and pray for it together, and we pray for each other. And hopefully for them also, it's made a tremendous difference for me. So I encourage you to do that. If you don't have one, you don't have to officially do it, I guess. But find somebody that you can encourage on a regular basis, and then they can encourage you back. Again, this is a choice. You can choose to do it or not. If you're not a Jesus follower, I would encourage you to consider it, to try it. I believe as a Jesus follower, we're actually commanded to do this. We don't have options like these other four apps we looked at. This is something we have to do, but something we should want to do. It's again, win-win. So here's the verse we started off this whole deal with six weeks ago. Don't listen to God, God's word. You must do what it says. Must, if you're a Jesus follower. Otherwise, you're, you're fooling yourself. You're deceiving yourself. So here's the five. We'll review the five and we'll be finished. First, second week was forgiving people forgive. If you're a Jesus follower, no option not to forgive. Not on the table. Can't not do it. And when we do it, it's a win-win. Uh, Mother's Day, we talked about rest. Life moves to a better place. When you move at a sustainable pace, you have to pray for me. I'm not going good at this still. <laughs> I'm burning a candle at both ends. Hopefully, you're doing better than I am. Uh, thirdly, genuine confession leads to genuine change. We talked about some of that restitu- restitution. Who do you need to confess to and what do you need to confess? Hopefully, you've done that or you're doing that. Last week, we talked about trust love thing and we said uh, love bends and bends and bends all that always and never gives up always keeps going and today refreshing others and you will be refreshed last time I'm going to say it application makes all the difference now I'm excited about next week we're going to do a series about my favorite topic Let's pray. Father God, thank you. We thank you for these apps. We thank you for the principles in Scripture. Uh, We've got the wisdom now. We have the understanding. Uh, We pray for the courage to actually do this stuff. I pray for all these folks. Uh, Be win-win in their relationships with one another. Uh, God, we need to be that kind of people to to share with the world. And if you're not a Jesus follower, we want to pray today is the day you step across that line. And join us in this great adventure. Jesus offers that salvation as a gift to you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.